0: here before, fasten your seatbelt. I've got uh, half the time I thought I was going to have, so fasten your seatbelt. We've looked at the process of finding a marriage partner. This is not just for young people. It is for them. It's directly to them, but it's for you parents. It's for you grandparents. It's aunts and uncles. It's friends. It's anybody that cares about young people. It's for you because you lead the way. You give advice. You set the example. It's for you also, and if you're married. All these principles apply to you because they're just even stronger when you're married. And some of the points we're going to talk about come directly from marriage. And some of them are just simply general Bible points, like dealing with temptation, dealing with defrauding and trespassing. They're for everyone. So let's look at what's going on. Okay. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Now we're working... Dating is not controlling. It is a real heartache to me to see when people are controlled, manipulated, and monopolized by someone else. I don't care what kind of a relationship it is. You may have a boss that does that to you. It may be a friendship that someone tries to manipulate, monopolize, and control your life. And i got to tell you, the scariest one of them all is when someone is dating... And one of the partners in this relationship controls, monopolizes, and manipulates the other one. And sometimes the other person doesn't care because they're just looking for acceptance. But the truth of the matter, it's wrong. God makes it clear that even in marriage, while you give up some of your rights when you marry someone because you become one flesh you also retain some of those things. But before marriage, it's a hands-off policy. No one has the right to control you. In fact, as my original outline for these sets of sermons came because someone tried to do that to one of my kids. And I wrote down the no exceptions rules for dating and sent them to them. Because it will not work. No relationship can thrive if one person is controlling the other or is manipulating or monopolizing the relationship let's look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 3 and 4 it says there let the husband fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise the wife also to her husband the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Notice that even in marriage, there is not a control factor. You don't have exclusive rights. The way it's written in Greek, that's how it comes out. You no longer have exclusive rights because you have a duty to fulfill to your spouse. And by the way, this never is written to you to tell your spouse, you got to do this for me. Or this is what you need to do for me. It's written to you to fulfill it to your spouse. So there's never someone has absolute control over the other one. In dating, that is one of those things. And you see it. It happens in youth group. You see that there's a person that all of a sudden they like somebody else, and they, there could be 100 kids in the youth group, and they never talk to anybody again. They don't even talk to the youth leaders. It's just, and they're there, and that's it. And one is in control of the other one. i got to tell you, parents, if you see that, tell your kid to Run. If you're a young person and that's happening to you, please run and run as fast as you can in the opposite direction because that's not God's way of dealing with things. In the marriage, it says you have a responsibility to your spouse. That includes sexuality, includes all kinds of things. You have a responsibility fulfill. But it says that you no longer have exclusive rights over your body. But you do have some. The point is this. Before your marriage, you do have exclusive rights over your body. In other words, in dating, a hands-off policy is a good policy to have. Because God says there are some things for marriage and some things not for marriage. Sexuality is for marriage and marriage alone. Now, I'm doing a real quick of this because, I, like I said, I'm running behind. Dating Requires mutual con, uh, con uh, yeah, mutual consent. The truth of the matter is, there are people that are in a relationship just because they don't think anybody loves them, or no one else would accept them, or they're not good enough, and so they allow somebody else to control them. Please, parents, you can see that's happening. Step in, do something, speak up, be parents. That's what you need to do. Young people, if you see it happening to your friends, please talk to them. They may turn you off. They may not listen to you. But please speak up. It's horrible. It doesn't work, and it never will work. Any kind of jealousy, controlling, threatening, or manipulative behaviors will smother and ruin the relationship. And I've got to tell you, and I've been criticized for this, but that's an abusive relationship. And it doesn't get better on its own. The truth is, anytime there's a relationship where one person insists that you're the only one that they can... T- that you can, I- I'm sorry, they're the only one you can talk to, that's one you need to get out of. Because any relationship that is a healthy relationship, and I don't care if it's even dating or what it is, any healthy relationship allows the normal interactions among peers and others. I'll give you an example. When I met my wife, my wife was totally unlike me, and she's a little different, and we all know that, and we all love her anyway, but she was outgoing, She knew everybody because of her dad, and because of this was her territory, and she talked to everybody, old, young, male, and female, and i got to tell you, I was not that way. I did not talk to girls in high school, and girls did not talk to me. That's just the way it was. I'm serious. That's the way it was, and now I'm dating her. That's exotic. It's enticing, and it's downright intimidating all at the same time, and I had to make a choice. Can I live with that? And the answer is, I'm glad I did. She thinks that if, if we go someplace, she says, I don't know anybody. I'd laugh inside. You know why? Because within 30 seconds, she will spend the next hour talking to somebody. That's who she is. Now, i got to tell you, if I tried to say, well, you, I, I'm kind of shy and backward, and uh, you can't talk to anybody, that's a, man, that's a controlling, manipulative kind of thing. It means I don't have the self-assurance and the self-confidence that I need to have. Truth of the matter is, if you don't have that and you don't know who you are and you cannot allow that, you should not be dating. I'm telling you, kids start dating before they even know who they are. And it leads to these types of things. And, folks, it doesn't get better. It just is because they think that's normal. And it is not normal. So, last one that I want to talk about is simply this. If there is a relationship where there isn't that freely interacting with peers and others, that's not a healthy relationship. And I got to tell you, any relationship that is based on the two people have to be in constant contact with each other is not reality. It's, not, it's, it's just not real life. And I got to tell you, and I'm going to be straight with you, is this. There are relationships that are they think they're the greatest thing that ever happened and they've got to get their cell phone and they're calling and texting all day long. I got to tell you, that is not good because that's not real life. You that are married know that you don't call your wife the eight hours that you're working, 10 hours, whatever you work. You're not constantly doing those things. That's not reality. Reality says, I give the other person the freedom. In other words, dating is not controlling the other person. And it's not being controlled by someone else. Folks, please, when you see those things, speak up, speak out. It's not good. And I'm cutting cutting this way short. But the truth is, there needs to be the freedom to be who God made you. And one last thing that goes with this. If there is a relationship that you're in and you have to constantly be with the other person because you don't trust them, you're afraid they're going to like somebody else or they're going to you know, talk to somebody else, you got to get out of that one too. You really do need to get out of it because it is not a good relationship because you don't trust the person. You see, dating is not controlling. It requires mutual consent. It's beneficial to both people, and both people in a good dating type premarital relationship, both people grow and become stronger and become more of who they are and more of who God wants them to be. That's a good dating relationship. Number two. I'm really cutting this short. Use your brain. You go, well, what are you talking about? We all use our brain. I got to tell you that in a lot of relationships, not only dating, is young people and adults, too. I've seen this happen with adults. They are thinking with their emotions, their hormones, and everything but their brain. Infatuation will, I'm saying say it's wrong, but it will warp your judgment. There's no doubt about it. Infatuation warps your judgment. You ever think about this? You know what it's like in, a, in any relationship. I'll take it out of dating. You meet somebody new and they're interesting. And you think this person almost walks on water until you find out who they really are. And it requires that um, we use our brain because it's, it's interesting. It's different. It's like when I met Faye. She was definitely different. Okay? And it was exciting. But there's more to it than that. And you got to use your brain. You need to think it through. So don't let your emotions or your uh, hormones get in the way. Don't allow your judgment to be sidetracked by the immediate thrill, the immediate joy. By the way, nothing wrong with those things. It's just don't allow that to be it. Physical interaction. Let's face it. God gave us some very strong desires. Sexual desires. He's given them to us. It's His idea. They're strong. And I know they're strong because He made them as a part of a marriage covenant, a one flesh covenant. It's part of what holds us together when we're married for... Up to and including 50 years. Praise the Lord for some examples to us. And there's others that are married here longer than that. But there's some of those things that are part of the glue that holds us together. God gave us those things. But he gave them to be used in a proper way. Like most things in life, used properly, they're good. Used improperly, they're a disaster to your life. And that's what he's saying. So use your brain don't be thinking just with your hormones also remember the law of diminishing returns parents if you see this happening you need to speak up also the law of diminishing returns is this i'll explain it to you it has nothing to do with the relationship when i was a kid the comment at hershey park was the only roller coaster how many have them now uh, by the way, roller coaster, it's roller coaster, I know, but uh, anyway, that's what I've always said. But now they've got what five or six of them, seven of them, I don't know what it is. How many? Eleven. Eleven. OK, it makes my illustration better yet. It's because what was thrilling and exciting yesterday is not so thrilling and exciting and dangerous today. You ride the roller coaster uh, several times the first couple of times. It's scary. After a while, it's like, oh, that's ride the roller coaster, is no big deal. So now they have to have one with loops and flips and you name whatever. They go straight up, straight down, all that kind of stuff. Have to get the law of diminishing, uh, the law of diminishing returns sets in. So you gotta up it. That's what happens, young people, when you're in a dating relationship and you say, well, we'll we'll hold hands. What a thrill! The only thing is that lasts a couple of weeks, and that's no longer really a thrill anymore. And it goes from there till it's out of control. Got to tell you, there's a place where you look and say, "Hold on a second, law of diminishing returns." I'm going to get myself in trouble. And so, whoa, stop! In other words, it requires you to use your brain because your emotions and your hormones are not going to tell you that. Only your brain will. Only thinking through and using God's principles and God's truth will give you that no other way will that happen. Use your brain. In James chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, we're asking you to turn. It uses two words there, and I, I'm, I'm going to... Re- okay, I'm not repeating that anymore. I'm cutting everything short. It, is, it says, it uses two words, enticed and carried away. I am not a fisherman. You want fish stories? Talk to John Shirey. You won't find out how to catch them, but he'll tell you about fishing. <laughs> is he here? No, he's not even here. Okay. But the truth is, uh, he just looked in. Okay. But I'm not a fisherman. But when I was in New York at Word of Life, one of my buddies up there was an outdoorsman, and he decided I should go fishing with him. No self-respecting fish will ever bite on a steel-sharp object fastened to a line. No self-respecting fish will ever do that. And I'll tell you what, most of the fish we caught, the trout we caught, were stock trout. They're pretty dumb. They'll bite on anything. But there was one, and I could actually see his sunlight, it flashed like it was like a mirror in there. And I'm like, I'm catching that one. I had a whole thing of worms, and I was down to one worm because this fish was smart enough to come up, get the worm off the hook, and not get the hook. And I'm telling you, I was determined. I'm like, and I'm down to my last worm. I put that worm, and I fed it the whole way up the hook. I'm like, he is not getting this worm without getting the hook. And I did actually get him. But here's what it comes down to. The word enticed means has to do with our mindset. Hey, that looks good. Hey, this guy's feeding me worms. I have no consequences. I fed him one more. Had but it was a mindset. is Hey, that looks good. And the word carried away has to do with the abandonment of self-restraint. That's what it is, carried away. It looks good, we want to do it. That's the enticement of sin, sin always looks good. And then there's the carried away, where we abandon the normal self-restraint that comes from our conscience, comes from our parents, and and the examples we've seen, comes from the word of God, comes from using your brain, okay? And that fish abandoned self-restraint and grabbed that worm one more time, and this time got the hook. And by the way, that was a good one. It was the biggest one I caught. It was a good one. But that's what we do. We don't use our brain. We get enticed, and then we get carried away, and we abandon the self-restraint. Young people, self-restraint is a plus. It's a virtue. It is what you need to do, and you need to learn it now because you'll need it for the rest of your life. And if you don't believe me, I could tell you stories all day long about married people who got enticed, and carried away. Learn it now, okay? Parents, teach it to your kids. Grandparents, let your grandchildren know. Don't back off. And one last thing. I'd like you to think with me two more words from First Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> it's in verses 5 and 6, and it simply says this, Let each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger. This passage starts by saying, this is God's will, even your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's where it starts. And this is dealing with this. And it uses two words, defraud and trespass transgress. It means to step over the boundary. Go someplace you don't belong. In this case, it's talking about sexual immorality. No way to get around that. And it's simply saying there is a boundary to our sexuality. Sexuality and sex is for marriage. Marriage only, period. No place else. You do it there, you've already stepped over the boundary. That's in dating. That's in any other relationship. You've stepped over the boundary. And he says, don't trespass against your brother. Young men, young ladies, realize this, that if you are making sexual advances, you are crossing a boundary that God says don't cross until you say, I do. Then it's okay. Then it's expected. Then it's a duty. It's a responsibility at that point. But the point is, when we go over the boundary, we're now in the land that we're not supposed to be in. But the other word that's used is defraud. We know that when somebody that gets caught for fraud, they stole from their employer or whatever, it, it means to cheat. It means to take beyond what is yours. And it says in both of these cases, you're crossing the boundary into a land where you don't belong. You've crossed the line. And the other is you've taken something that isn't yours. In both cases, that's exactly what it means. And it is just by covering all the bases that you can think of. So understand, and you might say, "Well, you should have called this morality i 'm just saying, use your brain. think what the consequences are. Is this right? Is it sinful? Is it good, or does it, is it a detriment to my relationship? Because what you do now sets a tone and a pattern and a pathway for the rest of your life, and you need to understand there is one time to start living this way and start uh, using the things we're talking about this morning, and that's now. You can't change yesterday. You can't change what you might have done in the past, but you surely can make a decision today to use your brain, to get out of a relationship where it's controlling, manipulating, and monopolizing, whatever. And if you're the one doing it, you need to repent, and you need to deal with that in your own life, and make sure that you don't go there again. Now, I'm I'm out of breath, and, and, and I'm done for today because we're way past time. Let's all just stand together and close in a word of prayer.